0: You can tell there are people in. The- oh, it just told me it's been recorded. A- yeah,
1: yeah, it'll like tell to- you <laughs> how many uh, participants as they come in.
0: Okay, yeah, so we have somebody in now. Samantha, Tremar, Anderson. Oh. Honestly, I don't want to butcher anybody's name. <laughs> <laughs> That's me too. I'm like, welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and do participants are they allowed to actually verbally speak at all or is it just
1: not for the webinar uh okay. which sucks because sometimes it's nice to have that actual like verbal yeah um, yeah communication but what happens yeah. sometimes is someone won't notice that their mic is on and then mm. stuff happening in the background and then we record and it catches like everything so
0: that makes sense. Okay, I got you. Oh, I want to hear people's voices.
1: They're able to <laughs> chat like actively. We usually have yeah. people that are like actively in the chat, which is really good. Um, okay. That kind of helps to uh, steer the, the direction of the conversation as well.
0: Perfect. I'm just gonna write in the chat, everybody. <laughs> Even though they hear me, just gonna like, get it going.
1: Oh, I think. I, oh, so this is the other one. So. On your chat, it'll say to all panelists. You can change it to all panelists and attendees so that everybody can get it. Because mm. now it'll just send it to me if it says all panelists.
0: Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. true. We okay,
1: hard way. We had a workshop and it was about grants. And the panelist was like sending everything, all the resources, everything in the email. <laughs> and nobody got it because she was only sending it to me. We didn't realize until the end.
0: So it's like come yeah. here, email it. Exactly. After. Copy and paste, that makes everything easier. Yeah. Yeah. Mar, yeah. Walk one. <laughs> I am excited. Big up, Afro Wave, honestly. <laughs> Big up, like, finding yourself. This is amazing. This is needed, in, especially in these times. like oh, yeah. sure. Especially in these times. Andre, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for this, for real. <laughs> That's why. Right? <laughs> that is why I'm here facts that's why I'm here too honestly I'm all about each one teach one each one reach one you know we can all learn from each other I'm, I'm all about that you know in this lifetime so all we have what's up what's up
1: so for everyone coming in we're gonna get started soon we just want to give everybody a chance to get in so that we are not repeating ourselves too much um and then we'll get started
0: for those who are here where where are you all from is everyone here from toronto canada some people from the states like me i'm from toronto but i'm in ghana you're in you're in jamaica we're all in different parts of the world so everyone in the chat where are you guys from let me know where are you watching hey florida that was a quick response too
1: yeah. hey i used
0: to florida, florida. Brampton. I went to David David Suzuki. Costa Rica, that's amazing. Uh, Would you say you went to where? Uh, David
1: Suzuki, so secondary school in Brampton. So when we moved um, to Canada, my family and I, we were in Ottawa for a while and then we moved to Brampton for a year. Yeah, we moved to Burlington, then we moved yeah. to Hamilton. So we, <laughs> like, we've been bouncing <laughs> back and forth. But I did do a year at David Suzuki, which is,
0: was pretty cool. Wow. Someone said, say word same. <laughs> I hope I say your name right. Catel, beautiful name K I E T L L. Catel. And they said, same. And can please everybody in the chat as well while you're here. Can you also write your pronouns? Um, like Andre, what you refer referred to, if it could tell as well, Jamar, just in case. So we be could write he or she or they, et cetera. So we both know, or we all know. But you know, interesting fact, I was born in Hamilton. Nice. Actually, yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, I was born. Hamilton. Moved to Toronto. I lived in Burlington as well. Brampton, Mississauga. Um, And then I lived in America for like 11 years as well. Tampa Bay, Florida, New York, uh, Tallahassee, Atlanta, Georgia. My parents moved like every year. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I lived lived on my own. So outside of my family, I lived in Mississauga for about a year, two years. Then I spent three
0: years in Toronto. So do you know Erin Mills, Erin Dale?
1: I know it, but I didn't. I was living downtown, like. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was on the East End, like that. Oh, um, oh I lived in Scarborough for a while, as well. But like six yeah. months
0: it wasn't long. Wow, so we never met. We lived in the same places. Yeah, it's crazy. Really,
1: in in the same My, industry pardon in the same industry too like music exactly
0: exactly who knows we could have met when we we're like five years old crossing the street <laughs> <laughs> all
1: so we have just under 10 we have seven persons in i think we can get started people may
0: forget
1: yeah. um Okay, so I'll start with a disclaimer first. Uh, we are recording the sessions for everyone. Um, so if there's something that you missed, even though you're here, or if there's someone that you know that wanted to be a part of it, but wasn't able to, it'll be up on our website uh, a week, two weeks. I'll uh, we try to get the workshops up as soon as possible. So you'll be able to check in on that as well. And we usually have it available as a podcast on our Spotify account. So whatever is more convenient for you, we have both formats there. Um, So my name is Karis. I am a singer, songwriter, music producer. Uh, I'm now working as director of operations at Afrowave TO. This company Uh, basically (laughs) what we do at this organization is um try to highlight genres of music that we call culturally derived sounds um so associated a lot with um like caribbean culture latino culture uh and basically put those genres and those artists who are within those genres um you know on the spotlight give you access to resources that you probably wouldn't have access to um, do workshops like these. We do showcases as well. We are actually currently um, filming a live showcase that will be aired after these workshops. So the whole year we're doing stuff. So um, we accept submissions for your music as well. Um, information that you wanna know, you can reach out to us. So it's, we're here to help you. Uh, so that's what we wanted to do with these workshop series. This is our second year running these. Um, we have five other workshops, but today we have Zakisha with us. Uh, she's gonna be talking to us about her journey as an artist. Um, and hopefully throughout talking about her journey, we'll be able to pick up tips um things that emerging artists can use to elevate themselves. Um, we'll just we'll just listen to how she got from where she started to where she is. So I'll let Zakisha tell you a little bit about herself and the beginning of
0: her journey. Thank you and big up Sarah. Sarah said this is an amazing organization so I'm pretty sure she supports a lot. Thank you all for coming and being here. I'm so excited. I'm always excited to connect with beautiful people like minded souls, other creatives in this world like creatives make the world go round. Creatives really brings up people's spirit. It, it causes an inner shift in ourselves and others you know as we know energy is contagious so our creative levels can really boost up a person's energy and their vibe as well so i'm i'm honestly a so just happy to be alive, you know, overall, grateful to be here, right? And so once again, my name is Zakeisha Brown. I am a hip hop artist from Toronto, Canada. And I've been doing music since I was maybe 14 or 13 years old. Um, my dad introduced me to hip hop culture and lyricism and substance and all of that. So I have felt in love with hip hop from a young age. Funny enough, it actually started with battle rap. You know, I was always into the bar for bar, like, ready to debate and battle anybody who wanted, who gave me the mic, you know, just on the spot. So I was like, yo, what if this culture is so, it's so raw and genuine and authentic and you could be yourself, even if it's not politically correct, you know, it's still yourself. So I I found that, like, my spirit, my energy really gravitated towards hip hop music, and I've been writing ever since. From 13, I'm now 27 years old, and just maybe three years ago, I said, you know what, I'm going to commit. Les Brown, my favorite motivational speaker, always told me, commit to your commitments, you know, make sure that you're doing all you can do, if it's all you can do, right? So that's when I decided to, to pursue the arts.
1: That's good. So what are some of the goals that you set for yourself when you were just uh, starting out and how did they help you get to where you are today?
0: Yeah, so for one, it's interesting. I, every time I wake up, I found myself, especially when I was younger, I had so much energy. You know, there was, there was so much life and so much vision inside of me. And I always thought like, how, how can I put this energy into use, right? I always say you can't get out of life alive, so you might as well live. Right. So from a young age, I always program my mind and listen to these motivational speakers like Stuart Wild and Les Brown and Jim Rohn. They would every time lift up my soul. Right. And so every time I wake up, this is what I would do. And I was even more consistent when I was younger. I wake up and I say, all right, how am I? How am I doing today? Who am I and what is my purpose? This is from a young age, 14, 15 years old. I, I thought, like, how can I be? up there, up there as one of the top artists in the world. So I would always wake up and before I get out of my bed, I'm writing down things that I need to do before the life comes at you, you know, because in life there's always something that's gonna come. Emergencies might come up, unexpected things might come up, but how can we stay focused on listing and actually finishing the list of things that I needed to do in the day, right? So I said, all right, I'm a pen and book person. I like to feel the paper, right? I like to connect with my book. So before phones and putting in the notes and everything, I said, I wanna be able to see it every day, have it on my table. And that I could see, what do I need to do today? So that actually helped me create a structure. And that helped me develop a habit of organization. Because if it wasn't for that, I would be running all over the place. I would probably be doing things I didn't want to do. I'd be saying yes and taking on too many projects and forgetting about my own project and my own well-being and mental health. So I always said, if this is what works for me, I'm going to keep doing it, right? There's another quote that says, it works if you work it. Right. So I'm like, all right, let me actually be consistent with this list, follow it day by day before I get out of my bed. It's written out and then I continue doing that. And so that's what helped me stay focused in this journey.
1: Sounds good. I hope you guys are taking notes. Write them all down. (laughs) Uh, So what made you choose hip hop? Like how did you get into hip hop at all? You know, all the other genres that were accessible to you.
0: You know it's interesting? I uh, um like I said, my dad, it's funny, my dad actually used to be a hip hop artist when he was 17 years old. He was almost like a Big Daddy Kane. Shout out to whoever remembers Big Daddy Kane with the high top and he had his backup dancers and everything. My mom used to sing. So I feel like genetically it was mm-hmm. it was in me, right? It passed on. And then as well as the environment that I was around. Yeah. Um My dad is actually a magician so he performed downtown toronto he had the snake on his neck he had the cars the bending spoon like the matrix right and so every time he would say i would give anybody a hundred dollars if you can beat me in a battle rap right and i'm like i wanted that hundred dollars i'm like i want to beat my own dad in battle rap (laughs) So i went home was like thinking of bark bars to battle my dad and he was like before you battle me, do you know what hip hop is, right? So he got me immersed in hip hop culture in terms of the, 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 the people who originated it, the founding fathers and what it really meant, right? And so KRS-One um, KRS One had a quote that says, hip means to know, it's a form of intelligence. To be hip means to be update and relevant. Hop is a form of movement. You can't just observe a hop, you have to hop up and do it. Hip and hop is more than music. Hip is the knowledge and hop is the movement. So write this down on your notebooks and journal. Hip hop culture is eternal. So when I heard that, I was like, what What is hip hop? It seems like it's more than music. It's a way of life. It's a way of being, it's a way of living. So I fell in love with that through my dad introducing me to the origins of hip hop, through battle rap, and then becoming more interested in lyricism and substance and the stories that I have to tell. Because that's what I have to ask myself. What story do I have to tell? What story do I have to, to give that's authentically me, not yeah. someone else's story, right? And from there, I was able to pursue my journey up till now.
1: So. So I did a course once um, in college. I'm trying to remember exact. Oh, it was called Unit Y. So oh, be-
0: Unity. Yeah, yeah. Unity.
1: It was pretty cool because we all went to the course where, like, it doesn't say music math. It doesn't say music production. Like, it was a music school. Um, yeah. And we just, we all went in, like, so blank. Like, so blank. And it turned out that it was a course about hip-hop. So mm. we had to study, you know, like, Queen Latifah and Ladies of Hip-Hop and listen to Lauryn Hill. and. Yeah every week we had to write about what we got from the piece that we studied. And it was so interesting because everyone went in just saying, you know, oh, hip hop's a genre. And realizing that it was like a whole culture, like the amount of things that we were able to kind of look at and not realize what it was saying when we first heard it was, it was just, it kind of made me realize that, a lot of the music that we do, I know that they classify it as like urban music, but a lot of it is really cultural. It's so, it's so much more about the culture rather than, you know, like what you're playing or how the beat sounds. Like yeah. there's so much culture that's infused into it. Um, and it, I just think, I think it's really cool when you actually sit and take aside music, what you can, you can actually get from it. Um, yeah, you um, can bring It's an energy
0: exchange.
1: How it influences yeah. your brand and how and how you can use it, because even, um, like we were saying, like you were in Ghana and I moved back to Jamaica recently, and mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see the different like shifts, like how how it shifts when you're in a place that's a little bit more that caters a little bit more to who you are as an artist and and what
0: mm-hmm. you yeah
1: even here like being in this society influences my music in such a way where it's it's like a natural effect, you know? It's not exactly. something where I like, okay, let me tap into my Jamaican set. No, it's like, I'm here, I'm in it, and I'm living it. So it it's like you get so much inspiration. And I think that's just interesting to see how music and, and culture just, you know, like intersect. Um, yeah. Being of in Ghana, tell us a little bit about that move and why you decided to make that move and, and what that's done for you so far.
0: Yeah, so it's funny, I, um, I had a performance opportunity here for Year of Return. I'm not sure if everyone heard of the Year of Return, Ghana opened up its doors for people of African descent of all over the world, right? Um, to come back home in that sense, to reconnect with the culture and the roots and understanding that actually a lot of Jamaicans come from Ghana right? And so when I heard that, I'm like, I'm Jamaican. Let me actually understand, like, what, right? What is this? What is Ghana, really? What is it? What is there? So I was actually very interested in going back to the motherland and dispelling, like, the negative ideologies that people have of Africa and, and what Africans are and what the place looks like and are their homes or huts and all that. So I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to be pro-black, pro-African, I need to actually step foot in the continent my damn self, you know, so I'm like without, no, without fear, and even if I have the fear, just embracing the fear anyways and just going, you know, so I came down here, and my mind was blown, just seeing the experiences I learned, I learned from uh, my environment of like, the strength of the people, the way they can balance food on their neck, the way their core is so balanced, the selflessness of them, like the way they're so helpful, the way they say hi every morning, they say goodbye, they how are you doing? In Toronto and in Canadian culture, sometimes a little bit cold energy, you, there, there isn't much warm interactions, you know? So it really warmed me up. And that's when I came back to Toronto and I wrote a song called Went to Ghana. And that made me blow up as an artist even more because I was able to express what I learned from the environment that I was in. And no other artist has done that. Not even a Ghanaian artist talked about the beauty of Ghana in that sense, right? But sometimes it takes you being not being from that place to recognize the beauty of that place, right? And so I was able to actually write a song called Went to Ghana that blew up and the support skyrocketed in Ghana and in Toronto as well. So I generally feel like when people, there's momentum, energy, like I said, is contagious. And this is as well for everyone who's an artist in here. Just remember that as soon as you get that momentum, just keep going. plan and structure if you want to drop one big thing like I have an album coming out all right I'm going to have some music videos going right after that and if not that then another project that is going to drop and maybe a verbal a, a lyric video but there's a um a book Celestine Prophecy that talks about momentum and energy and carrying that on because because of how big went to Ghana was even if a person didn't like the song because the momentum of it and the love that it got their minds ended up changing later, anyways. They're like, "Oh, why well, everyone, everyone loves it. It must be really good. Let me give it another chance. Yeah, it's dope. Now I'm gonna share it. Now I'm gonna do this. You know. So, I think once you have that momentum, just keep going for it. And if it's and it's okay, to, of course, to take a pause and stop, refocus, drop another momentum, and keep going with that. Right. So. Ghana has helped propel my career as an artist I'm finishing my album here and the support has been huge based off of the radio plays the way people are so quick to collaborate here they're so helpful like hey come to this radio station you don't have to pay anything come here come there I think as as a community as a Toronto community we can really learn from from each other if we come to Ghana you actually see that wait a minute We have this one life. We're alive for 80, 90 years on this planet. Why are we making life hard for artists? Why are we making life hard for people who are trying to come up? All we need to do is share. All we need to do is reciprocate. And it could be as simple as that, right? So I think, once you have that energy and that warm heart that you get from whatever country, come back with that and and give the ideas, share the love, you know. And I think that's that's also what's been helping me as an artist is the open mindedness and the, and the, the ability to see what can I learn from Ghana and I can bring to Toronto as well. You know? I think yeah.
1: that's interesting because I I have a similar experience that actually brought me because we moved um, from Jamaica in twenty thirteen. And then I never came back for, like, seven years. Wow. um, There's always something. Like, everybody else in my family came back, and I was like, oh, I have school. Oh, I have this. I have that. So I never came back. And then I came back last year, um, right before, like, literally the February before everything locked down, the March. um, And spent a whole year back in Canada. And then I remember being on a Zoom. Like, I started to get all these collaborations from Jamaican studios. And I remember being on a on a call, a video call, and the producers and everyone you know that was in the studio was like, "Oh, just come to Jamaica. We will teach you this. We'll teach you that. We'll work on this." And it was it was so interesting. It was refreshing to hear um, yeah. that kind of welcome because I feel like contrasting Caribbean culture, even African culture, and uh, North American culture, it's like it's there's so many ceilings. There's so much structure. Yeah. There's, like so much formality i i find in canadian culture where i like okay yeah this person to get to this person and get to this person and get to this person but here it's like everyone just looks at music as this like communal thing and and everyone's welcome um exactly. a lot more so that kind of opened me up as an artist too because you can become closed off if you're living in a culture that's a little bit more closed off so exactly. i think you know the lesson is be open-minded and just do it. <laughs> just regardless, go. And see.
0: Regardless, regardless of people's closeness. So, cause I always, I always say this to myself. I'm like, you know what? When in terms of matching energies, I do my best nowadays to not match energy. I always say I won't match my energy. I'll just raise my vibe. Right. Because we can all match energies all day, but why am I going to go down to that level? You know, why also can't you come up to my level? So let me let me actually just be at whatever level I'm at. Yeah. If I'm you don't have to be low with me. If I'm high, you don't have to be high with me. But let me maintain my own yeah. natural level, my own natural heart, my own natural understanding and do my absolute best to feed my subconscious mind with certain knowledge and and speakers and books as well so that the external world won't affect me so much that the cold energy of toronto that can happen won't affect me so much and won't make me so closed off but the biggest thing is how we do that we're human beings we have emotions we have all of that it's like i think it's generally feeding the subconscious mind like treating it like a garden as well you know knowing that weeds i always tell people weeds will come out of the side the sidewalk with no help without being tended to nothing no one cares about it but it'll still come that's like negative thoughts right our negative thoughts or our beliefs will come regardless if we pay attention to it or not it's going to be there but so what happens is we actually have to tend to our mind like a garden we have to tend to it like a tomato like we're growing organic onions those take work and it's a constant you know habitual effort it doesn't stop until we're gone right it's never just all right i'm positive today this should last me forever it's a constant effort because yeah. our negative thoughts will come up regardless if if we want it to or not but how do we combat it how do we be stronger than that you know and continue and not want to give up on music too so yeah.
1: so speaking of negative energy and you know all those obstacles what are some of the obstacles that you faced, doesn't uh, be super personal, um, just anything that you think would be helpful to anyone here, um, and how
0: did you overcome them? So for one, like, you know, I always felt like I was too nice sometimes. As an artist, we try to take on so much, right? <laughs> and yeah, and so, um, I'm, me, I'm a quote person, so you guys are gonna hear a lot of quotes from me, but there is a, a quote that says, learn when to say no don't let your mouth overload your back. And what that means is you can say, yeah, 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 all day. And then you feel like it's a burden. There's so much on your back. So for one, my obstacle was I was taking on too much. People ask me, can you do this? Yes, I want that opportunity. I want exposure. (laughs) Exactly. Can you do this? Yes, I want that money. Yeah, Yeah, everything's yes. Then I'm even negating my own projects, my own personal stuff. So for one, I had to learn when to say no, right? For two, I really had to just, Turn off my technology. My if I turn off my phone for like thirty minutes, if I had everything around me to just focus, then I had to focus. I really had to turn that off. For three, I generally felt like I had a lot of fears. There's a fear of being successful because in this world, there's so much people that are critiquing, that are haters, that come with that. You know, the comment section. I even want to read. I want to write a song called "The Comment Section" because that <laughs> the comment section is not for the weak hearts. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, like, just knowing that I, I definitely had my own fears, you know, and knowing that it what if I do, which I will, right, becomes beyond successful. How can I handle it? How can I manage? Am I mentally be okay? We see all these artists having mental breakdowns. We see so many people struggling. We feel like we even struggle on our own. As creatives, we naturally are so empathetic and emotional, so we're going to have those low and high moments. But how do I not let that take me over completely um, as an artist who's even bigger more eyeballs staring at you more followers so i sometimes have like anxiety thinking dang like that's a lot like am i ready for this you know but then i told myself i'm like why not though why not i have a story to tell everyone has a story to tell and life as i always say life is part negative right so end of the day we have to learn how to balance between the two and not absorb so much. There's another quote that says, observe, but don't absorb, right? So you can observe the fears. You can learn from your fears. You can even use it as a tool to be like, wow, I care about this because if I didn't care, I wouldn't have had any feelings towards, like I'm about to go on stage. Why do I feel afraid? Because I love what I do and I care and I want it to be good, you know? You understand, wait a minute, I have these fears because of this reason. And you learn from those reasons. Where did it stem from? What was the root of it? So I had to ask myself like, why am I so afraid of that? Oh, because I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid that if I get to that level, maybe I can't maintain it and I can't be consistent. What if I sell out? What if people don't like me anymore? And I'm like, yo, that's, that's my own mind, you know? At the end of the day, our thoughts sometimes are worse than the actions of just doing, and you never know how it'll turn out. So I have to just silence my mind, learn from my fears, and just say, yo, we can't get out of life alive. Life is an experience and it's a gift. So I might as well go for it, you know? So that that's what I have to do. I have to keep doing it. It's consistent. Like I said, it's not, oh, I know that now. I'll never be afraid again. No, I might be afraid next month, next week, you know? So then now it's, wait, my subconscious mind remembers, oh, this, 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 and that, you know? So, yeah.
1: I think a lot of it, um, it's like, I think our external in terms of, our environment and, and also our internal, like our spirituality and the things that we decide to get up and do, if you're a yoga person, if you're an affirmation person, if you're a quote person, I think that really influences how we evolve as an, as an artist. Because I know for yeah. me, okay, hustle, 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 say yes to everything, like talk to this person, you go to the networking event, and you leave and you're so tired because you've been around so many different energies and then you just you shower and you go to bed and you get up the same then it's the same thing over and I realized that sometimes you have to cut people off and sometimes you have to turn your phone off and sometimes you have to limit your interactions with some people um there's criticism there like there's a point where I was getting criticism from people who weren't in music and I would yeah. take it so, so personally and then I had to stop and be like hmm. but yeah You know, a lot of it I think you after you've done it, after you've given yourself the time and the space, it becomes muscle memory. So it's like it's like exercise. It's like when you stop it for a while, once you get back into it and you keep going at it, then your body, your mind kind of remembers. And I think a lot of artists, like you said, we're really emotional, we're really sensitive. And so we forget that we have to take so much care of of that part of our it's always like, oh, I need to do vocal training. I need to go run so that I have more stamina on stage. But we, we seem to always forget that we need to, you know, take time so that we don't respond to certain things a certain way. Because I know for me, like, what made me wake up with that was there was just, a, I don't know if it was just the, the people around me at that time or or maybe a moment within myself, but it's like everything someone said would affect me creatively. So... Mm-hmm you'd say something and it triggers me and I'd sit down for like two, three hours just trying to write a song and it
0: wouldn't
1: work. And And I'm someone who, if I really sit down, I can at least knock out the frame of a song in like, you know, like half hour, maybe Uh, something that I can work with at least. And so I realized I'm like, if I'm soaking up all of this energy, letting it get to me, if I don't have a defense system that's strong enough against you know all the external stuff then when it comes time to do it like really professionally where your team's like i need this song i need this you won't be able to tap into that part of you that can shut it all out because that was Mm. one thing that that i had to realize i'm like right now it's easy for me to just operate on on emotions and i think a lot of artists are like that. It's like okay i don't feel like writing a song today i'm not going to do it but business when you start doing it professionally it's like if your team or or if you set a deadline for yourself even because I know a lot of people here like independent artists myself included and if you set a deadline for yourself and every day you get up you're like I don't feel like doing it today it's never going to get done right so I think you kind of raised a really important point about about your spirituality and and your external factors and how much you allow them to to influence you uh, and it's
0: you- another yeah I was gonna say last quote just to end off that bit um like once again I'm a quote queen but another one that um, I remember that says um stand guard at the door of your mind don't let anyone just come and dump anything into your mental factor because you're the one that has to live with the results Mm -hmm. so stand guard at the door of your mind because people will continue dumping and dumping and you're going to live with the results which aka did which you know not being able to write and then thinking etc i go through that so much you know this the different types of critiques so i get you a hundred percent and i wanted to actually um know if people knew to do the q a section on the top just to,
1: to bring it up so uh, well what I wanted to get to after because I realized I didn't say it at the beginning. So yeah. I know sometimes people send questions in the chat, but there's actually a and a um, option where you can send your questions directly to the Q&A section so that afterwards, um, after we're finished around, what would it be? Seven? Um, we'll be able to get to the questions. If you have anything specific that you wanted to ask a question about. If uh, Zakisha said something that you wanted more clarity on, then you you can put all your questions in that Q&A section. Um, anything, just keep it clean, family friendly, nothing crazy, nothing personal. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it and, and kind of talk about that as well. Um, it's just write it general, now,
0: right? but we'll just get back to it
1: at the end. Uh, if it's anything general, that's not a question, you can go ahead and put it in the chat interact with each other just so that we you know we can keep it as as friendly as possible considering we can't (laughs) hear everybody else that's on um but just so that you guys know about that okay so initially we had named this um becoming a successful independent artist but i know that there are a lot of persons who may have started out independently but now have a team even if it's you know like an unofficial one or a small one uh is there a team that you work with and what would be your advice for people who are on who are looking to move to to that step how how did you find your team what would you look for just some of those recommendations yeah
0: yeah so good question i would say for one i remember like two years ago i was so eager to get a team get a team but then I realized I haven't even built my own foundation, right? So it's like, I had to actually map out what home do I wanna build? AKA, what do I want my music to be like, sound like? Um, what do I wanna portray? Like, who am I as an artist, right? I had to ask those major questions first because Teams are individuals who come with their own ideas and their own perceptions. They might change your sound. They might change who you are. They might push you to do something you don't want to do. So for one, before I would say everybody here who's an artist, before you look for a team, build your foundation, lay out a map of exactly who are you, what's your sound, and what makes you happy, you know, and 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 what do you want to portray? What do you want to say? What substance do you want to give to the earth, right? So that's why I asked myself first. I laid that out and I'm like, you know what? Good thing I didn't get a team yet because I would have just been blowing with the wind on oh, whatever suggestions and ideas that they gave and just said, yeah, yeah, cool. But now I have a firm knowing, firm understanding of who I am as a Keisha Brown, a hip hop artist what story I wanna tell, and what my authentic sound sounds like. It's okay to, it's actually amazing to experiment with different sounds, et cetera, but just laying your foundation out first, that's number one. So now that my foundation is laid out, I'm able to be like, oh, okay, I need this person for marketing right? And now after that, I need that person for, um, like, planning an organization to answer my emails, right? Things that if I can't do. And then if I need to raise money, now I need a person who's good at um, crowdfunding and GoFundMe. So I had to first establish my name, my brand, and then see what I need. So for one, I know sometimes, especially as up-and-coming artists, independent artists, I'm independent, um, we also juggle with our finances right sometimes we don't have the most money as independent artists like let's be real we're still yeah. trying to make it right. <laughs> right so I think for one say you have people that you love and trust you've known for years and you can maybe depend on right you can maybe ask them hey you know I don't have much right now but is it possible that if do you have any time to maybe do three out of take three hours out of your day to help me with emails? Or do you know someone who I can trust who's reliable as well to help me with this and this and that? So say you don't have the money to pay these people. You can at least see of your inner circle, who do you know you trust already? And who you can you rely on at least for the small things? And the rest, I'm not gonna lie as independent artists, we gotta do a lot ourselves in the beginning until the foundation is laid out and we know who we can delegate the roles to, right? And then I feel like as well as once we figure that out and then once we establish that, imagine you write a grant and now you can actually start paying those people. You know, those people did it for free. Now they can get paid for that as well, you know? So for one, just knowing who you who you want and who you need. Um, sorry, for one, the foundation. For two, knowing who you want and who you need. And then for three, actually creating that stable team that can work consistently and do your check-in. So me personally, I'm growing my team small right now. Like I have at least three people on my team, one for helping with any marketing and promotion, one out like with radio and outreach. So I know that's your role. We can do our check-ins, right? I know I need help with that the most when my album drops. All right, and now I also have an accountability partner is really good to get an accountability partner. That could be your best friend, your auntie, your mom, your cousin, your sister, someone that says, hey, the week ended, did you finish the two songs you needed? That's it. It could be as simple as that. They don't need to guilt trip you, nothing. You could just ask them, hey, I need help with the accountability aspect. Sometimes I get lazy or tired or unmotivated. So I need an accountability partner. And that actually helped me because I've been on the RISE team for eight years, right? and for those who don't know, R.I.S.E. stands for reaching intelligent souls everywhere. And so me being an artist and juggling and also kind of being an artist manager, I was able to see what I need as an artist and what other artists needed as well. Um, but. The reason I brought that up is because my friend Randell, the founder of Rise, he was my accountability partner. We were both each other's accountability partner and it really worked, you know? You're almost building a small inner team as well. And then lastly, I would say when it comes to say you don't have anyone you can trust, you don't know um so many might not know for years, or everyone around you is too busy. I would say that um, yeah, exactly. Thank you, David. I would say that for one, it it's okay. to to actually delegate and be able to do what you can do by yourself for now and not feel guilty about it too. You know, because just making sure we allot time aside for ourselves as an artist, that we work harder on ourselves than we do our part-time job, right? So if we take the time be like, wait a minute, let me spend three hours out of my day, four hours out of my day, part-time job, pay myself maybe a little bit, that could motivate you if you have to pay yourself, to actually answer the emails, to take the time, turn off your phone to structure what you need to do. Look out for someone who, maybe they're not exactly your team, but you can just pay them to do PR. You could pay them to do the marketing, right? And then there are people you can outsource who even temporarily they can do that for you too. But. It definitely will come the money is going to come y'all the grant whether it be grant or people just supporting you know don't be afraid to, as well to ask or ask people to help do a go fund you um, for yourself if you need any help yeah. you know so yeah a few tips
1: so you touched on a couple of things uh one thing about branding that i want to get back to i'm saying it to everybody so you guys can remind me if at the end i'm like what did i say i was going to talk about but another thing as well um like balance you talked about you know the part-time job and trying to balance that and trying to balance um like pursuing a career in music how did you find your balance with like everyday life and and still trying to get this music thing going and move into a whole new country Like, how was that for you and what what helped you with that balance
0: yeah thanks for asking good question um I would say for one, it definitely was a bit rocky at first because there was a lot of uncertainty in the world with COVID, with borders, with all of that. And so I'm just like, you know what? I decided not to think like 18 days away, five months away. I'm like, let me take it day by day. Day one. What do I need? What does the Keisha Brown need for me, uh, for myself? Keep going. Day one. All right. Clearly how I'm doing it by just moving and kind of just going with the flow, doesn't really work all the time. I need to actually be have a certain habit that I pick up where I wake up and meditate. Take time out of my day. Sometimes I give myself 24 minutes to meditate for every minute of the day, right? There's 24 hours in a day. So I meditate for 24 minutes and I just give myself that time after I meditate, I do yoga. So now I'm centering my mind, centering my body, and just saying, you know what, this is me time, no one will interrupt me. And I i am now laying a foundation for the next few hours, you know, because life will always come at us, something's always going to come. So I had to actually establish a rhythm. Then after meditation, you know, I'd take my time to read. Those are three main things that I need. So I think, See what you need and see what works for you. If it's just laying in bed, taking deep breaths, do that. You know, if it's drinking water and and with some meditation tones in the back, do that. But I really, um, I think Les Brown as well, when I listened to some of his speeches, he told me um, personally, he told me and as well in the video that the brain has a certain oscillation levels. It oscillates at a certain frequency right when you wake up. So whatever hits you will be heightened because the oscillation wave is so high when you wake up. So that's why bad news can hit you harder in the morning. You know, you're, you're even more grumpy in the morning. Any little thing will piss you off, will upset you, annoy you, because your oscillation, your vibration is already so high and sensitive in the morning. So when you know that, you go, all right, I don't want this to affect my entire day. So what what is me time? How can I... De-stress. How can I breathe? Be grateful that I'm alive. Just be grateful to be here in the present moment. How can I do that? So for me, like I said, the meditation and the yoga is, is a big part of me and reading as well. And then that's when it goes back to what I was telling you guys before, the list. You write down a list, what you need to do every day and you follow that. You know, If it goes off a bit, at least you know you could pick it right back up what you need to do next so that's what helped me stay grounded as much as possible you know yeah
1: take notes guys take notes uh-huh. <laughs> um you mentioned like you know your, your frequency in the morning and I think to just to add on to that that we also need to remember that it's it's a cycle like you go to bed you wake up you go to bed and uh-huh. so what you do before you go to bed is also really important. And I had to learn that like, I would kind of realize that when I have certain interactions, if I'm talking to someone and they make me upset, now I'm going to bed upset. I'm probably going to wake up in the morning and be upset because I remember what happened right before I went to my bed. And so that affects your creativity levels as well. And what you're able to do, because now that's on your mind all day.
0: Because exactly. you said
1: morning with that because you went to bed with that and so I think important too and a lot of what I'm hearing you say too is knowing yourself and that's that's ironic because our last series workshop series that kept coming up it's like know yourself Mm -hmm. know yourself know what you need and I think that's really important as an artist so I know for me and I guess everyone that's here you can look at it too and, and do your analysis of yourself I know I'm I was bad in the mornings like don't wake me up before 12. But then I realized I would wake up at 12 and not really, probably get one thing done for the whole day. Then Mm I'd spend all night randomly making music. And then I start the day again at 12 the next day. And so I was up and my energy levels were okay, but my productivity wasn't. And so I had to be like, okay, I can't just say I'm not a morning person and that's it. I had to myself a morning person and so I think you when you really look at some of the things that aren't working for you or are working for you then you're able to see okay is this something I need to just accept or is it something that I need to work on and and change and I know even when I started doing like yoga and podcasts and um trying to spend a little bit more time with myself in that way I would try to do it in the evening. Because I'm I'm not a morning person. <laughs> and it wouldn't work. Someone yeah. would be on the door. I'd be hungry. There's a song popping in my head from something that happened earlier. Like it, There were so many distractions. Yeah. No, we need to find a way to get yeah. up.
0: <laughs> exactly. And
1: exactly. you start, oh, you know, like I started with the podcast because it gave me an excuse to like just lay in bed, convince yeah. myself for the 10 minutes that I need to get up. So by the time the podcast is done, then I'm ready to get up and actually do the yoga, do the meditation. And so we need to know, too, how we are and how we react to things and and what we need. Because that is also important that you said in in picking the people that work with you. Like, I know I'm sensitive to criticism. I have not developed a thick skin yet. I don't know if I ever will. And (laughs) so for me, I have to have people who will be honest, but know how How to to me exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. Throw it at me i shut down i'm like okay really mm-hmm. that's what you think let's go exactly you, know? you get defensive and so the yeah. people who are closest around me they're like you know what? i thought this song could use a little bit more of this but it's your song i'm just saying as somebody who's not even yeah into- <laughs> so they know how to and I, I can get the message too from what they're saying um, so I think it's important, you know, always come back and figure out who you are and be honest about it, because I could always fool myself that I was a morning person, but I know I had to accept that I'm, I'm not. So I have to make it work for me. So
0: and just, think- yeah, find what works. that's that's the key thing right here. Take away. Just find what works for you in the morning. I thought mm-hmm. I could wake up go jogging. I said, oh, I must have been kidding myself. <laughs> I said, let me find a new way that works. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The big thing is discipline too. Like it's it's such a basic thing, but we have to just remember it. You know, um we could have enthusiasm, enthusiasm. I want to do this, but as soon as you get to the gym, you need a new enthusiasm. You need yeah. discipline. Okay? Yeah, You're like I can actually do this. So I think after enthusiasm is the discipline. But number one, find what works for you in the morning. Your me time. What do you do to balance yourself? Yeah,
1: keep at it because I know, like even on the topic of knowing who we are, I'm it's so funny how you look at little things that you do as kids and how they translate into your adult life i was the type of person who if i made a mistake on the page like writing i would tear the whole page out and start writing again and looking mm. at my young adult life i'm like i do the same thing with my life like when something isn't going as consistent i like stop and start it all over and, and- so that's one thing that I see a lot with, with artists as well. It's like, so we end up starting so many projects and never finish
0: oh, it. Yeah. Or
1: we, we don't get to progress because we keep going back to square one thinking, okay, this time I'm going to go one, two, three, four, and can I get it right? Yeah. And it never happens. And so keeping at it was something that was really important for me. It's like, okay, this year I probably only dropped one song but I did a song and I'm going to keep doing that until it goes up to two, three, maybe yeah. an hour. And yeah. even something as simple as yoga, like getting up in the morning, I would go straight for like two weeks and then drop off. For like, be- And then next week I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll just start over from like beginner yoga and keep going. But instead I just kept pushing myself and you miss yeah. four days, but you go back. And so I think that's important too, to kind of Bring to any career that you're in to just, just keep going, regardless of, of what it is. Um, exactly. Brandon, so you talked about uh, selecting your team based on your brand, based on what you wanted yeah. to portray as an artist. How did you go about determining your brand and what you wanted, what message you wanted other people to get from you, what look, what sound?
0: Yeah, so I think for one, I'm all about authenticity. Mm-hmm. I sat down and said, what's my brand? The brand actually just came to me based off of who I am as an individual, as a hip-hop artist. At who is Akeisha Brown? So before branding, before any of that, ask yourself, who are you? And once again, what do you want to sing about? What do you want to rap about? What do you want to be about? Who are you, right? So once you figure that out, your brand will naturally form around that. But if you try to create a brand first and then keep up with that brand that might become acting now right and next thing you know you say something where it's like what the heck I didn't know this person was like this because they were never like that in the first place so it's like as soon as you become you then people understand uh, automatically, okay, this is this is who she naturally is. So whether we call it a, bra- a brand or aesthetics and authenticity, all of that, then at least we know, all right, this is who she is because this is who she is, right? And so after I figured that out, I think the branding came with it naturally because of me, I'm all about like my natural hair, I love my Afro. So, okay, now my afro is a brand, cool. <laughs> you know, so, and me, I'm all about like representing different colors and Kente and African culture clothes. And I love different suits and okay, now that's a brand, right? So I think finding what you love in your brand will watch you start forming around that. And then once you actually find that, that um, image you're going for, image you are, Once you find that out more, then you continue building on that, right? Then you can grow with that. So at least it's around who you are as opposed to faking a brand and faking it till you make it. And then next, that wasn't even you the whole time.
1: I think too, um, I know from what helped me was because I was the type of person I was like, what is my brand? Like, what Mm -hmm. do people get when they go on my Instagram page, um, when they listen to my music? Does it, and I think part of what made me do that was the formal background of studying music business. It's like you sat down, cause we had to manage an artist for eight months. So you sat mm-hmm. down with an artist and you laid their brand out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this for myself. And then I hit the, but it's me. So I can't <laughs> see what, what I'm doing or how I look on the outside to other people and so what helped me a lot was and and it just came to me accidentally because I was still stuck in that. okay I guess I wear my hair natural I think that's part of my brand and I, I wear head wraps that's part and I was writing everything down and trying to to shape it and to, to do that structure and then one day someone was like talking to me and they said you know cuz you you're just this like approachable person like everybody looks at you and they just see like this virtual naturalist da, 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 the earrings mm-hmm. and I, like in 2 minutes that person spat out like everything wow. that that i was trying to find and so All i right. think that showed you, me that it was important you
0: are, right they, you made that yeah. they yeah. saw your yeah.
1: opinions and and it's as simple as asking I mean, sometimes, sometimes your family can be biased because, like, my big, my little sister is gonna see me as a big sister, and that comes yeah. <laughs> with certain things. But um, asking your friends, you know, people who are um, a cousin that you know is really close with you, or is kind of like a friend to you, just what do you get when you go on my page? What do you get when you listen to my music? When you look at me, generally, and I think yeah. that's very helpful because then you can look at all of those things and. Yeah. Like, Brandon is is taking those things that are already natural and, and like yeah. you know, and putting them well, yeah. on. So, yeah, I think yeah. that was very helpful for me yeah. at least finding out what my brand is. We are yeah. coming down. I'm so tempted to say six
0: because my clock says six, but I know it's seven <laughs> in Canada. It's, a, it's even 11 p.m. in Ghana.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so far ahead. Thank you again so much for, for staying up to do this. Um, so So my last question would be, what would you advise artists not to do? Is there something that you ran into as an artist? Um, Are there things that you learned along your journey that you would advise artists, you know, not to do or to kind of look into before doing?
0: Yeah, so a few things. Um, Number one, don't mistake movement for achievement. That's something I tell myself all the time, because what I mean by that is, say you're moving, moving, you're busy, 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 busy. It's like busy doing what? How much are you juggling? Why are we so busy? You know, what are we actually achieving, though, for our project and our future self? What do we actually want to do? So don't mistake movement for achievement in the sense of you can be busy, busy all you want. but what is your what is your purpose you know so don't overwhelm yourself you know don't don't put so much like I said before I learned to say no don't let your mouth overload your back right so I think those are big things it's remembering um, that hey if you can't do that right now don't do it do all you can do as long as it's all you can do it's even something else too that's a funny thing I learned is um Jim Rohn said like say we do one push-up right now right we're working out is that all you can do? It's like, no, that's all you can do for now. Yeah. You can do three tomorrow, maybe 10 next week, right? But so make sure you're doing all you can do, but make sure it's actually all you can do, right? And I think that's a big thing that I have to remember that there, there's such, so much more to do. Don't put limits on yourself. Don't box yourself in. Be open, you know, like always have that creativity flowing. You know, and as well as when, it, in terms of like, if you kind of feel stuck, don't try to force yourself in that moment to figure everything out. Go outside, take a walk, you know, do something you love to do. Um, do, move the body, work out, dance, play a song you like, and then come back. But don't stay in that stuck vibration, trying to force yourself to figure out in that moment what you need to do as well. Um, and for other, let me see if I can think of anything else. There's a, there's a lot, but I would say, for one as an artist in terms of like, listening don't shut out your gut don't shut out your intuition too you know that's your higher self speaking to you and the more you listen to it the stronger it will become and the more it will guide you as well as artists as creatives we're really intuitive we're always in but we just gotta t- tap in more right so never shut down that gut feeling explore it a bit if it doesn't make sense in that moment but don't shut it down listen to your heart and listen to your gut um, and And also don't don't shut out your own voice. You have a right to speak up. If you're not comfortable with with maybe something, say a performance comes up and they say, all right, we're putting you on stage right now, right now, let's go, go, go. You can be like, hold on, wait a minute. You told me I was going on this time. What's happened? You can inquire, don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you're on stage, this is what I had to learn too. Test the mic. If the mic doesn't sound good, don't be, don't feel, oh, I don't want to feel too bad. I'm, I don't want to mess up the audience. I don't want the audience to think, oh, like she's no not know what she's doing. Forget about it. They're here for you. So it's okay to ground yourself. Wait a minute. Excuse me, DJ. Turn it up a little bit. All right, DJ. Rewind. Start it over again. Don't be afraid to assert yourself. Because if you don't do it, they will. Someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. Don't forget that. It's either you asserting yourself or they insert themselves on you. Right. So as an artist, you are you're the star. You're you're who they're here for. You're who they want. And if they're not, if they if you're not that person in that moment, you will become that. And you can believe that you are that person. You can naturally adapt that. Like, yo, this is this is for me. This is my show. Yo, I'm I'm amazing. I'm confident. You know, don't belittle yourself thinking that you're knowing people, you're knowing the DJ. No it's okay it's better to make the show amazing make people actually hear you than feel timid that oh i don't want to bother nobody bother people it's okay at the end of the day do it in a respectful way and and they they should understand and if they get moody about it that's not even you that's on them just make sure you know how to say it talk to people and just stand your ground stand your ground don't let anybody tell you what you can't can't do and use that to motivate yourself if anything as well. But speak up, no, don't, don't be timid if you can,
1: yeah. I think that's a great note to end it on. Uh, we are gonna move into Q&A. But while everyone's getting their questions in and all their comments, I just want everyone to drop their handles. Instagram, or whichever one you use the most, um, just in the chat. It's just something that we do so that we're making sure that we're actually networking and connecting with each other. So I'll put mine in here. And okay, so I'll put it here. But thank you so much, Sakisha, for all your gems, <laughs> all the quotes. Cool- all the advice, <laughs> all the stories. I'm pretty sure I learned a lot. So I'm pretty sure that everyone here picked something up that they were able to take notes and and write down, oh, I did the same thing that I advised you against. <laughs> I sent it to all panelists instead of sending it
0: Oh, okay, no worries. So did that, I write mine?
1: Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, hold on. Did it? No, I didn't get it yet. Okay, so everyone's dropping their handles in. Go check out each other, support each other, follow yeah. each other. That's how we grow instead of, you know, come in here and everybody's on and we're all in sharing this experience together. This is gonna be in all our memories as a collective um, experience. And then we just leave and nothing. Um, so we try to do that, but I try to go to the Q&A here. Uh, How was moving to Ghana as an artist? I think we talked about that pretty in-depth. That's from E.
0: David. Oh, yeah, we did when you asked. Yeah, maybe he wasn't here.
1: Okay, so I don't know if you want to give a quick rundown, if that's okay with you, um, Zakisha. But also, anything that you did miss, this is a recorded session, so you'll be able to get that on our website, which I'll just drop in here so that everybody can... Won't be up tomorrow, guys, but it will be be up. So it's ww.afrowave and you'll be able to just go in and um it'll be available in this kind of format video and then also as a podcast on Spotify. Uh, but if you are okay with it, you could just give a quick rundown about moving to Ghana and did you as an artist.
0: Yeah, definitely. I was also gonna say, I asked people actually before that. Um, what type of artistry that everyone does if they can kind of just write it in the chat just so I know what everyone does because I could recommend you can also put your email. I can send you some practical things too to utilize that I use that maybe work for me. like for example, for um, distro kid for distribution distribution platforms, right? certain things that actually use that as well, right?
1: Yeah, that's what I use as well.
0: Perfect. So yeah the distro kid, um, thank you. Oh, perfect, i music producer, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, so DistroKid is what I use in terms of like, yeah, the distribution aspect of it. Um, also kind of knowing like certain vocal techniques to utilize, certain links that I go on and things that I do beforehand is drinking the teas and the honey, maybe not talking for 20 minutes before going on stage and just making sure that when you're on stage and you are performing, it's actually great to have, a, of course, a backup track where There's ad-libs as opposed to rap singing and recording with the whole song behind it. People want to hear your authentic voice, right? They already heard the real thing with in Spotify. They want to hear your actual voice. They want to vibe with you. So it's okay to, it's actually a great idea to mix and master your backup tracks so that the ad-libs can come on and it actually sounds really good in the speakers. The EQ, the quality is really great. You know, so certain practical things that I can also tell you guys as an artist. So for this session, I more spoke on the mental, the spiritual like staying strong in that area and a little bit practical but if you guys all want I could definitely send you my email and then um, actually I could take your email and then send you guys certain things that I utilize and, and learn about being an artist having YouTube page and what that means and and, and and gaining the subscribers you know also don't be afraid last thing I'll say that I answer the question don't be afraid to use the um, what's it called Facebook um, promo that honestly grew my brand that grew my followers all the people all over the world um started knowing my music because of facebook promotion and facebook promotion is what's on ig right i think facebook owns ig or something or
1: yeah something like
0: yeah so you go on ig you promote the promotion is the number one thing for me. That's how I got from 13,000 followers to 17,000 followers just in a few weeks. And these are authentic people who also will talk back with you, DM you, hey, I'm from Costa Rica, India, I'm from Dubai. Love your song Purpose. Love went to Ghana. Oh my God, I'm African and I live in Italy. Your song made me miss it. So honestly, Facebook promo is my number one uh, suggestion for outreach, honestly. And, can, and don't forget as well to answer your dms connect with your fans connect with your people they want to see that like you're human and you care about them you know like you actually want to learn about them too you want to know about them you're answering their questions so they don't feel like they're just tools being used for your music because these are human beings and you're genuinely genuinely grateful that they listen to your stuff right so answer the dms check your request section Make it as personal as possible um, and on your IG story too. I know I'm dropping a lot. Let me know if I'm going too fast. <laughs> Not for me.
1: If she's going too fast, I you can just let her know. Um, also remember that it's being recorded so you can always
0: go back. That's true. Um, yeah, as well as, um, oh, I hope I didn't forget, uh, drop IG, uh, make it, pro- oh yeah, in the, in the story. Be as personable as possible in the in your story. Like in terms of when people respond to your story, at least double click, hey, thanks. Like respond to the comment section too. That really creates algorithms and it creates that genuine connection. And you actually wanna just be grateful that they're taking the time to comment on your stuff and show you love, you know? And utilize your story as well in terms of making people learn more about you as an individual. You know, like, who are you? How are you? That increases your algorithms and keeps things going. So on a practical sense, those are the things that's been helping me continue, you know, and then just generally making good music, too. So,
1: yeah. Awesome. Someone said, uh, oh, so it seems like it's better to be an artist outside of North America. How would you best navigate the American, the North American market. Let me know if I got that right.
0: I think there's probably a typo. And then also um, while they let us know if they got that right too, I won't forget the two questions in there. Another practical thing too is um, as an artist, when you're performing, it's really important to, you wanna connect with your audience members. You don't wanna make it seem like you're up there just performing and you dip. They're gonna be like, okay, why are we here, you know? Where's the crowd interaction? Where's the eye contact? Where's the daps? You know, I know it's COVID times, but you can still, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you can still do a little fist bump, you know? It shows that, wow, they're they're actually seeing me as a person in the audience and not just like Mm -hmm. here just to spit anything at me, perform rap and and dip out. I've seen too many artists do that. They sing, disappear, Mm -hmm. sing, disappear, poetry, disappear how can we actually engage and connect with the audience members, looking at people, interact with them. You know, don't be afraid if they're okay, touching a shoulder, ask for consent, of course, but don't be afraid to play with the room come up from different parts. Maybe you can be sitting in your chair and you get up and start singing. They don't even know it was you performing. You can utilize the whole space, come from the back room, the front, the side, you know? So yeah, jump in the crowd, exactly. You got to interact with your people. You know, they're here for you. And life is like a playground, especially as a creative. Yeah. This is your place play with it as much as possible, you know? I know someone who has performed, ran outside, ran in a circle, came back, like, <laughs> for, no <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> for no reason. For no reason interact with Please. your
1: audience.
0: And people yeah. remember that
1: and they talk about it and that's that's free promo for you right there. Thank you.
0: That was seven years ago the person did that. I still remember it and I'm still talking about it, right? So it clearly was for for that reason, you know? So, and and other things. So yeah, those are just little practical things I wanted to drop. Um, I'm dead. (laughs) That's my friend. (laughs) That's my friend. I didn't even know that was him. That's so funny. That's so funny. Wow. (laughs) Eddie, Eddie, the original one, the whole time. Oh man, but yeah. I didn't get confirmation
1: from that other person, Um, but I'm gonna see if we could probably tackle it. Um, From my perspective, and then I'll let Zakisha jump in and hold on guys, I'm gonna try to get more light in here because my natural light has failed me.
0: Oh, nice, you guys are amazing. Beatbox, vocal coach, oh yeah, Eddie. Artist, business coach, spoken word artist, music production, filmmaker, amazing. Soak yeah. reggae artist, rap and produce, vocal techniques would be great. Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. Okay, so this question seems like it would be better to be an artist outside of North America. Uh, how would you best navigate the North American market? I assume that's what was being asked. Uh, we didn't get confirmation. Um, so for me, I'm not gonna say that it's necessarily better to be an artist outside of North America. Um, I think that it depends on who you're trying to reach. Um, r and does really well in Toronto. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think hip hop has a pretty good audience.
0: Um,
1: but then there, I, I can speak for like reggae. I do reggae soul, so it's like, um, Sometimes it's really soul. Sometimes it's really reggae. Sometimes it's like a good mixture of the two. Um, but I know for me, there's a niche like market for that. And so there is like a small, 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 small community um, that, that listens to that and that buys that and that promotes that kind of music. Um, and so being in Jamaica where it's it's like reggae, it's dancehall, it's um, dancehall. It, it's more welcomed on this end, I think, for me. And that's my experience with it. How I navigated the North American market was trying to still interact with as many people as possible. It didn't matter the genre. It didn't matter what their audience was. Um, it didn't matter in terms of from the listener's pers- perspective what kind of music they listened to. I tried my best to still, you know, let people know who I am and what I do and where they can find me because you never know someone who typically listens to a certain kind of music may enjoy one or two songs that you do. Um, and so that's how I navigated. I tried to go to as many networking events as possible. I know it's COVID now, but I mean, they're online stuff. Um, as many workshops, I did stuff like Honey Jam. If you're from Toronto, you probably know about that. Um, So still getting yourself out there. And then the other thing that I did that was helpful for me to navigate was, I didn't limit myself to North America. So we live in the age of like social media promotion like Zakisha was talking about. and the internet and and all of that. So you can actually target your ads to reach people from different countries. And so when I was targeting, when I set in the target market for my ads, I didn't set them for Toronto. I didn't set them for Canada. I didn't even really set them for the US. I was looking at places where people listen to reggae a lot. So like Germany, Jamaica, you know, other places in Europe. And I found that I was getting, um, better reception than when i was i didn't know about that and i would like set it to toronto or set it to the us um so that's one thing that you can do just kind of remember that where you are like your music will reach people further than where you are and so Mm -hmm. you don't have to just focus on that particular market where you're living but you can look outside and or even collaborate with an artist from like i could i collaborated with artists from jamaica so now people in Jamaica know my music, even though I'm living in Canada. So when I come mm-hmm. here now, people already know who I am kind of thing. And so that's like, you kind of have to get creative with it, but there are ways to, to do that outside. I know Zakisha could talk about you know, Ghana and, and her
0: experience. Yeah, Afrobeat is big down here, right? Yeah. Um, people are actually hungry for more hip hop though. So there are places where there are void of that, that is a perfect opportunity for you to actually come in because you're not relying just like I'm not relying just on Ghana to propel my music. Of yeah. course, I you know, answer we know it's huge Toronto music scene you know, Cali is big, you know different parts of the world they're big, but If you find places where they actually don't have that there, that's even a better opportunity to now be that almost like the, not necessarily first in that sense, but a rare artist that's like, yo, I haven't seen this in a long time, if ever, right? So that's what I'm using to my advantage like being in Ghana, people actually not, seeing like a a, a hip-hop artist of a woman who can actually deliver like this someone's like oh my god you're a woman you love Africa you love Ghana like this is rare you know so I personally have known that all of us being in Toronto and Canada we say that we need more support down here and there needs to be better guidance better mentorship all of that to push people forward so I think, honestly, it also helps to create, like, your own little community, maybe your own little WhatsApp group. That's also what I've done, too. Create a little WhatsApp group where you share and exchange information. Like, here, I just did this workshop today. Bam, we learned about doing this. We learned about that. We learned about power of the mind. And if that person can also be like, oh, I did this today. So maybe create a WhatsApp group or some type of community of your own that can propel your networking maybe get some people from different parts of the world like hey you're in atlanta well this is what toronto's doing oh this is what Atlanta is doing Mm -hmm. so creating your own community network group from people uh outside of yourself you know and it's just going to take time to meet those souls but stay connected as much as possible because they will help you hey come to this event in atlanta come to this event in cali gogan is doing this you know so I really believe in the power of networking and community and creating that for yourself too, because yes, Toronto needs help and there's so much creative people there. So we can be our own leaders. We all have, we all can govern ourselves and be powerful within ourselves to do that, do what we need that we're looking for, you know? Even if you can't do everything, that's when you create that WhatsApp group so that you know someone who can, you know? So, yeah.
1: I see two more questions here. Uh, time check, 618 on my site. Uh, how do you build a following when you only have less than a 100 um, persons following? And then I guess this one follows up after that. How often should you post on social media to keep growing your page? Uh, I guess I could speak on my experience and then I'll hand it over to Zakisha as well. Um, so for me, I know like I have no expert no no expertise in, in social media marketing or anything I have tried for years to like go to all the workshops and understand it more. Um, but the things that worked for me to get, cause there was a time I know where my page is like stagnant at like a thousand and then it doubled in four months. And what got me to that place was literally just networking like I was everywhere early 2019 mid-2019 like I was everywhere everyone knew me I was running up and down everywhere going all the workshops Um, within reason guys don't overexert (laughs) but all the workshops I could I was taking part in as many things as I could handle Um, at the time I was working at a studio pretty popular studio in Toronto so people were coming in and out of their recording and and so on. So I was getting that interaction as well. So essentially I was strategically placing myself to network with people, to meet people, to connect with people. And then because it's like, it's the social media age, everybody's like, oh, you're on Instagram? Yeah, you blah, 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 blah. That's a follower. And that's from a genuine interaction. So now it's not just someone that's just gonna follow you and unfollow you in a year. Um, it's or less, it's a genuine interaction that you had, you talked with this person. So it was, it was just creating, um, genuine conversations. It was sometimes you're at networking events and you'll just see like groups of people who already know each other, talking to each other at a networking event. I would go into the group and be like, Hey, I'm Karis. Like, this is what I do. What do you do? And now that's like six persons there who know you and are interested in seeing what you're doing. And you have six other people that you can check out too because someone in there may be um, someone that you can collaborate with. So that really helped me. Um, social media promotion helped me. Like when I had a music video or I had a song that I was promoting at the time using those paid ads. Um, there, I'm not gonna say you get the best return in terms of the amount of people that follow you but you do get people who see it and are like oh I really like this song I want to hear what this artist has come in um, next so those are the things that that helps me and also there's like I call it like secondhand interaction (laughs) so it's that you like right now I'm interacting with Zakisha and if we're following each other on in Instagram then someone that follows her, my account may get recommended to them as well so for me it was really just interaction like human interaction and then promotion that's what really got my account from being stagnant to actually starting to get some people uh, so in terms of how often you post uh, just that part i I don't I don't have a strategy that I use. Um, for posting, I post when I'm comfortable or when I post when you have something to say, um, I would say on your on your feed, because that's kind of where people go to see what you're doing and the important stuff, like if you're releasing music, um, if you just collaborated with someone. And then I try to do little things on my story. So if I went out with my family, there are nice beaches here in Jamaica Everybody loves a tropical shot. I put that up on my story, um, so that even if your feed isn't super active, your story has uh, movement, and so people are able to see that you're still here, you're still active. Get behind-the-scenes shots if you're in the studio recording. Um, if you're writing with someone, you can, if, you know, with permission, if everyone's good, you can get a shot of that. So I tried to find the interesting moments in my day and and post that i don't have like a certain amount of times that at least for me that i post uh zakeisha if you had anything to add
0: yeah i was gonna say for one for how do you gain the followers mm-hmm. content number one content 100 percent, because people need to know why are they following you yeah. what am i keeping up with what's happening right and so as an artist feel free, please post your freestyles. Like, you know, if you're acapellas, you're anything that, especially in your creative endeavors, the followers will grow. They're like, why well, she has a dope voice, follow. Oh my God, that rap line was so lit, follow. know, oh, that beatbox in the basin, follow. You know, like when they see the content that you're consistently putting out there and people really appreciate not only content, but consistency. Even if you're not that dope of an artist, let's be real. People will still support like yo, you know what? I'm a, I'm a believer. I believe in this person from day one. I love their work ethic. They even inspire me. So even if if some people don't like your music, you, your work ethic might just inspire them for another field. Some people could be mechanics and you just you just going for even if if they don't feel like you're that good, the fact that you are going for it consistently, they're immediately inspired until so they follow you for inspiration, for content, you know, for that good feel energy, you know? So, and don't be afraid to also tap into some reels and TikTok videos, you know, some utilizing some creativity in that sense, right? There's so much out there that we can do. It doesn't always have to be related to music. There can be other stuff, maybe on zodiac signs or love life or life or personal life, sharing what you're going through if you feel comfortable. People love relatability. content as well, you know, so that's something that you could take into account to just to add on to what you say. And then for me, I noticed that when you disappear for a bit on like, if I disappear for a bit on my story, in terms of the answer, the second question, how much time you should post, I used to thought I used to be like at least once a week, twice a week. But I realized when I on the main page, that's okay. You don't have to post every time. You actually need to give that time. I would say even once every week and a half, let's say, or once every two weeks, if you gave yourself that time, just to have people feel like, oh, bam, oh, it's the next thing. I noticed a big jump in my algorithms. I noticed a big jump in my followers, in my comment section. When I post a photo that's like out of nowhere, then maybe if I disappear again three weeks or a month, another photo, bam. But if you're always posting, posting, they go like, yeah, okay, we'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that or whatever. So some people, I don't know if it's a human nature, they like secrecy. So if you disappear for a month, oh well, what have you been doing? Da, da, da. Then you yeah. I noticed you need to disappear for a bit. If you're gonna do that, make sure the first thing you post is something that is needed. For example, if, my album, if I disappear for maybe two months, I drop my album, bam, the first thing they're gonna see on my story is my album because the first click, people are trying to see what you're doing. If it's interesting enough, then they'll continue, right? So as soon as you disappear, make sure the first thing you're gonna drop is something that is of substance, right? That you want most people to see. So disappear for a bit, drop something substantial, and more people will see it on your story. Or if you want to be consistently posting once a week, twice a week, then that's cool. You can do something that's creative, engagement, asking questions, TikTok videos. Um, Then you can do your own performances, your beatboxing, your DJ skills, your writing, your singing, your rapping, all of that. They want to see content that makes sense if you want to gain the followers. That's mainly if you want to gain followers. As humans, we're allowed to post what we want when we want if we don't care. But if you care and you have intention, remember your intentions. Then these are good steps to utilize what we both said. Yeah,
1: I think just to to add to that um, quickly, also be yourself, guys. Like mm-hmm. I am the type of person who, for me, I just I post frequently. That's that's just me because it's just something that I always have something where I'm like, okay. I feel mm-hmm. like it's awesome. so at least once a week, I'm posting yeah. one every two weeks like max. I'm not the type of person who's gonna hit you four times a week with something unless I'm really promoting something. You're not gonna get a post from me four times a week, but I post frequently enough that there is something for you to see on my page when you come on that next time. But all of that to say, if you're the type of person who is like that, where once a week is good for you once every two weeks, but you feel that, okay, to gain followers, I need to be posting more frequently. And now you start hitting people three times a week, four times a week, five times a week, three times a day. Yeah, That's what they're going to start expecting from you. And then you have to keep that up. So now when you've dropped your post back, if you're not able to keep that up now, people aren't getting what they originally expected. And so that's what I realized is if, the best thing is to just be yourself and do what you can maintain because the minute you switch it up, now you're creating a new expectation for yourself and that can create problems for you in terms of what you're able to maintain. And I think that even goes into the music as well. It's like, if you expect, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, Taylor Swift was probably a good example Um, where like she starts out with a certain genre and then she just went to pop. And people eventually get used to it, but you have some people you may lose because of that or some some followers that you may lose because of that um, or a big chunk of your audience that got used to a certain thing from you. So at the end of the day, know what you can manage, know what works with your audience and know what you can maintain because you're the one who has to post and you're the one who has to kind of keep that going. So
0: go ahead. Also, If you, if you also have a team of people, say, you know, you have someone who can manage your IG, maybe you don't have to post as much, or maybe you can also create a structure of how much you want to promote. But at the end of the day, you also have to remember that the followers will always come. The people are always going to come people always are going to be there to look out for your music just remember that from within yourself because if you lose a few followers if you don't if you felt if you were consistently posting and all that stuff and you want to take time to just relax you ain't got to do you ain't got to like keep up with it all the time either because at the end of the day people will always come you drop you disappear for maybe a month or a half a year you drop something people are there humans will always be there you know so don't don't beat yourself up too much and having to consistently always follow that that trend. Oh, you're always people will always be there and more, especially when you drop something out of nowhere and disappear for a bit like I just we just gotta not take it so serious in that sense and know how to like just be playful with it and that no one's going anywhere and if they do they weren't meant for you yeah. they weren't real followers they weren't real fans they weren't real supporters you know so also the, the real people will continue coming as well so yeah.
1: yeah always remember guys it is a marketing tool that's one yeah. thing I have to remember exactly. myself I know that now it's like. Everything you eat has to go on. Everything that you wear has to go on. But it's at the end of the day, it was created as a marketing tool. Um, use it as such, because if you don't use it, it will use you. You have to find a way to to monitor it. And you know, like Zakisha said in the beginning, set your level, set your energy, and everybody else that follows you and is interested in what you're doing, they'll they'll come up, they'll match yeah. that. Um, if it isn't for them, they'll go. And you didn't want that kind of, you know, um, yeah. lakey support anyway. <laughs> so you do your thing and, and don't let it take over. Yeah. Your life. Yeah. Uh, so if there are no more yeah. questions.
0: I was going to say as well, like, don't take things too personally, even if you do followers some people do actually deactivate their accounts some people actually are just tired they just don't want to see no more there's so much going on in the world right now that we just have to remember like this is social media we utilize it to the best just like you said we use it don't let it use us and i always say self-love to me is not running to my phone when it rings because i run my phone my phone don't run (laughs) we run our phones we run our lives right just remembering that yeah
1: so, if any, we are at the end. I see no more questions. Okay, I just double check I didn't miss anything. Alrighty, so this is where I say thank you so much to everyone. Thank you, Zakisha, special thank you to you to doing this. I know it's like 11 o'clock, almost 12 o'clock there now. We really appreciate everything that you've said, all the advice, all the quotes, um, just sharing your journey uh, with us. It's a very personal journey, um, an artist's music journey is very personal to them. And so we appreciate you kind of opening up and and allowing us into your space and telling us what you've been through um, just in an effort to help us elevate ourselves. I wanna thank everyone who came on because you guys are really critical. The workshop is not the same. If you're not on, we'll just be talking to each other and (laughs) it would not be the same. Everyone who was using the chat, we really appreciate that as well. Um, We have five other workshops that are planned. Um, I know someone was asking, we had two persons ask about social media. We actually have a music marketing workshop that's coming up. Um, That should be in October, but for the next five weeks, we'll be here. Bring in more industry professionals and more people who've kind of been through it um, to help all of us elevate ourselves and learn from each other. So have a good night, everyone.
0: Thank you so much. And I wanted to say one last thing as well, because the major, something just to stick in your heart as well. um, It was actually two quotes I wanted to say. For one, the major thing to ask yourself in life is not what are you getting, it's what are you becoming? from being that artist, not what am I getting? How much money am I getting? What followers am I getting? What am I becoming from that? As a person, as a human being that's to live on this earth for a long time, we have to be happy with who we're becoming more than what we're getting. Cause we can get, 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 but we can get and we might be depressed, get and we might not feel satisfied, get and we're not content. So what are you becoming from being an artist? Something to ask yourself. And the last thing I actually wrote down this as well, that um, success is something that you, it's not something that you pursue, it's something that you attract as well, right? And once again, I'm a big believer, as you guys know already, by energy and how contagious energy is. They call it Murphy's Law, when we wake up miserable and bad things keep happening. But it's this universal law that we live with in life. So yes, life, of course, we're living here physically, we're living, we're understanding music, but also the spiritual aspect has helped boost me up more. And what I mean by spiritual is knowing that I'm an energetic being, I'm an abundant being. So if I become that, and if I believe that within me, I know that all these other little mundane things, negative people, all this madness, the drama, the comment section, I don't have to absorb. I just observe it and keep moving. And that will continue to grow my energy, raise my vibration and connect with like-minded souls like yourself on that vibration so we can continue going together so just wanted to leave you all with that
1: thank you so much that is the best way to end this i hope to see everyone at all the other workshops you'll be dropping the link at afterwave um TO on instagram and i look forward to having a conversation with all of you guys thank you so much again Zekita. thank you so
0: much thank you for being here as well thank you for hosting you're an amazing host love your questions love your smile <laughs> Big up to you in that Jamaica, Jamaica. <laughs> Sending <laughs> you so much love. It's so nice meeting you officially. Big up Lexicon for all of this hard work that is needed and essential for artists. Everyone for showing up for yourselves, for showing up for everybody, but mainly ourselves. We need this, right? And at the end of the day, you'll have a ripple effect and help everyone else. So Much Amen. love to you.
1: Everyone, have a great night and we'll see you at Amen. all the workshops.
0: Oh, and quick one. I want to be able to get their emails before you oh, close yeah. it, shot it or something.
1: We can do that. We do
0: that. I don't want to lose it.
1: Um, I don't know if if you guys want to send an email to Afrowave and then I can forward that. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to connect,
0: just in case everyone doesn't want to just drop their emails here. Oh, that's true. Actually, yeah. I'll screenshot what's here, and if I can even DM them because I've seen they put it in the chat. Okay, perfect. Okay. Yeah, if you I'll do that.
1: To put that in the chat, that's totally fine. I'll also just send the AfroWave email so that you can just let me know. Hey, I was in the workshop. Um, you know, I just wanted you to forward my email. Oh, I okay. think that to me privately oh sorry let
0: me send it in all the time <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> let me send this my my email is akisha music at gmail.com any questions like i said i want to be able to send you guys some notes too okay perfect so i'll do that thank you everybody
1: thank you everyone
0: thank you, we'll see you have a good night thank you good night bye much love atlanta amazing awesome